0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and everybody in between, welcome in to another episode of the Chaps Chat Cats. My name is Jake Botel, and I'm joined in the virtual Zoom studios on a winning week by Johnny and Sambo. How are you, chaps?
1: Fucking fantastic.
0: Doing
2: good. Doing good.
0: This is what I like to hear. There's a vibe uh, in the room. There's a spring in everyone's step. The cats went three from three on the weekend. The men's, the women's, the VFLW. Um, what a, and I mean the, the men's the least meaningful of all three fixtures, um, really. Absolutely. Uh, with, with a six six periods of play uh, preseason game. I wanted to see the disposal counts from that and see like <laughs> did someone get like <laughs> 65 touches, you know. Dangerfield's laying Most 24 likely. tackles. With,
2: with, with the effort at which they were putting in, I, I don't think so. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's true. I think it was the
2: same amount of disposals. There was just more time of the ball rolling on the ground.
0: Yeah. I really considered <laughs> I... watching it, and I watched about a quarter and a half or a, you know, a sixth and a half, yeah. and then I was like, I'm going to glean absolutely nothing from this. Apart from the fact that yeah. Tyson Stengel looked good, there is nothing to be gleaned that's very meaningful. from
2: me. I watched... Some highlights and it was kind of like that. You, yeah, you see Stengel do some stuff, but even in the highlights, the, the highlight you're looking at in the peripheral of the camera angle, there's some people just like sort of jogging around, and yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, it's like um at the sights looking at grass
1: and like waiting some... for that one bit of grass to grow. Yeah, you're wasting your time watching it. Yeah, you're not going to learn anything about it. So just but the it own thing. It's just a bit of a warm up, really. Warm up for the proper season and. Yeah. I tell you what, if you uh, if people take it as a just sign that their team's going to dominate the year, I think they're barking up uh, the poor tree. So, okay, yeah, the cast look good, but so did Richmond, so did many other teams, and who knows what's going to happen?
0: Yeah, no, mate. And mate, we already know, you know, Melbourne, Richmond, Essendon already guaranteed the flag. You know, I'm pretty sure, wasn't it Kane Corns yeah. who said, you know, those three three teams already. It's already theirs. Um, okay. So, I don't know. I could be speaking out of my ass there. But anyway, we've got better things to talk about than a Poxy preseason do. game. Um, we, you know, there there is more to glean down the track for the men's team. But we have Much a team more. that we've been following all season. We started see people here. Let, let's take this five minutes to, to um, pick some bones here at the top of the show. People starting to put on Twitter, oh, it's great. Footy season's just around the corner. Hey, listen up, fuckhead. We've been recording um Cats content since what? I mean, year round, even when there was no footy. <laughs> but, but, footy where? season
1: doesn't stop. Oh. I was going to say, we started uh, footy season a, a year ago.
0: It's been going since, since then, John. This is over 12 months for it us is. now, an episode a week. We haven't missed a week. I don't believe. There might have been one during that. Epoxy bi-section of the men's season. Um, but since but still, it's, it's nothing, we went right through the dark days of the off season when there was not a Sharon on a field and I'm, I'm proud of the achievement. Are you proud boys? You're feeling proud? Absolutely.
1: Uh, not, totally. I don't think any other AFL podcast can boast that gone year round.
0: Mm. No, Sorry. no, absolutely. We're the only no, podcast no. that goes 52 weeks a year. Literally only any absolutely. genre, we're the only ones.
1: Only ones that I mean, do one
2: episode a week. Where's our fucking medal? That's right. <laughs> Come on, podcast awards. I'm sure there is a podcast awards, but
0: can you win a likely. Stitcher still? There was a, there was the Stitcher awards for a while there that you you win a Stitcher health. What is it called? A why, Stitcher? Why Stitcher?
2: No idea. No idea. But yeah, sounds like more like some kind of emergency room award.
0: Yeah. We we <laughs> we even Well did. done. You
2: stitched
1: that guy up in 55 yeah. seconds, and he didn't that's leave right. anything inside him.
0: Good work. We we <laughs> even did a Christmas episode. We even did a we Christmas did. A Christmas special. I mean, deck the halls. And like
2: I don't even like Christmas. That's how <laughs> yeah. dedicated we were. Like, even if Christmas episodes, was, was
1: cool. on the day that we filmed, did, oh, not filmed, record the podcast, we we'll still did a bloody podcast, wouldn't we? So that's, that's how dedicated we
0: are. Th- there was no footy being kicked and Sam hates Christmas and we still sold it on. I mean, that's that's just the type of, you know, Heroes wear. Just, um,
1: though it just shows how much bullshit we can talk. When there's no football to talk about, we still find stuff to talk about. Absolutely. And it was still about football. Absolutely. You should be fucking blessed.
2: You should feel <laughs> thankful that we're here. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, the point is, of course, that Jake was making, there is a football season going on right now. The football season isn't a to start. There is, is one there? going on right now. And Get out of here! Sam. Um, I There's mean, let's, going on. let's 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 <laughs> let's say to these to these morons that are posting. You know, footy season's about to start, ra ra. If if they are more excited about that one, if they enjoy that particular one more, that's fine. But it would be nice to see us get to the point where they will at least acknowledge that this other one is <laughs> existing. You know, if you want to post, woo, the AFLM's around the corner, or if you hate the M because you're a fucking moron. Then you can (laughs) you can say woo the AFL men's season whatever you want just don't fucking act like it doesn't exist.
0: Idiots,
2: it's gross. Um, but let's get into the game, (laughs) especially Especially with the quality that we're seeing. The quality that we're seeing this year, hundred percent
0: disappointment. Hundred percent. Um, so the game at hand, chaps. Um. The Cats v the Tigers. Geelong headed up the highway on Saturday Arvo to take on one of the league's more potent offences in the Richmond, Richmond Tigers. The Tigers had plenty to play for with finals still a mathematical possibility for the yellow and black while the Cats were playing for pride and the desire to see further development in a year full of exciting progress. In a season of almost, for the Cats, there's been a lot of almost wins, like they've come so close on numerous occasions to doubling their win tally. Everything came together in a rush for the Hoops on Saturday as they dominated the Tigers for the majority of the afternoon, applying a tremendous uh, amount of pressure, the type of pressure that has rapidly become their trademark this season, while using the ball by foot patiently and efficiently to create opportunities inside forward 50. The scoring damage for the Cats came in the first half as they extended a 6-2 lead after quarter time to a 30-8 lead at the major break, with their swarming pressure cracking open Richmond's back line to the tune of five second quarter goals. McWilliams with two, Webster one, Ivy one, and Kate Darby with the single all kicking truly to cash in for the Cats. After half time, Geelong stymied any sort of Richmond comeback, holding the Tigers to just two behinds in the second half. Matty McMahon grabbing six marks and making a habit of snuffing out Richmond forward presses, intercepting the ball on numerous occasions. The win effectively ends the Tigers' hopes for finals and gave the Geelong players and their fans an exciting glimpse of the kind of football this team can play when all of the parts fire in unison. I went to Johnny first last week. I'll go to Sam first this week. Your general thoughts on the games, chaps?
2: Uh yeah. It was. I mean, pfft, hard to complain. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was. It was. Yeah. It feels a little bit weird to just, just sort of, just of, you know, I don't know. Just had a, had a had a had a game of football to enjoy, and just kind of like it was very, very, very gratifying, I guess, to see all those all those things come together now Now, granted not like not game you know not siren to siren there was there was ebbs and flows mm-hmm. um but that that pressure like we just did not let the tigers get any air and even even towards the end i think we took the foot off the forward pressure a lot we, i think we could have beaten them by more mm-hmm. but we really sort of re re rearranged realigned and kept the pressure on just in sort of different parts of the ground it seemed like a really not only a great performance by individual players and as the team, but a really dominant tactical performance. I thought, I thought a lot of the changes that were made were made uh, very cleverly at the right time, at the right moment and for the right reasons. Um, And and that second quarter, I I I messaged you, Jake and said that second quarter was kind of like the, the, the real felt like the real fruition of all that preseason talk, all that stuff that they, that they talked about in, in interviews with us in, in, um, you know, in their, their presses and stuff and, and in our, in that we have been talking about the potential of this team really seemed to come uh, coming into, into fruition at that point, which was, uh yeah, it was super, super exciting to see. Um, I don't know. I just, I just had fun with it. I just had fun watching them feel really good about it.
0: <laughs> mm. <laughs> what about you, John? Doe?
1: Um, yeah, that was a fantastic effort. I felt they looked relaxed, they looked calm, they looked happy, they looked like they're having a real good time. And it looked like they were able to play a bit more freedom, like they all to just go out and enjoy themselves. Like in that first before the first dance in that huddle, they are all having a bit of a laugh, all smiling, having a joke. It looked like they were going in relaxed, ready to play a good game of football. And did they play a great brand of football and just took everything away from richmond like everything that me and you jake discussed in the pre-show is what they did they did not let conti have that free time kearns and Crockett grills nailed her in tackles which i was so really happy to see like some of the tackles kearns Monty, laid on conti were just Mm. ripping and looked like they hurt which we wanted that to happen. And I felt like as soon as Conti was taken out of the game a fair bit, Richmond really looked like they didn't have an answer. They looked like they struggled a lot to try and find that midfield link up into that forward attack. And then the Cats link up from defense midfield and attack looked far better this week. They looked controlled. They looked like they knew what they were doing a lot more. And yeah, just had a great time and had a fantastic win and it was
2: excellent to see um, all their hard work finally pay off in a big win. Mm. It's an interesting point you make John in terms of like we know they want to play aggressive and fast and um, super attacking but they seem to achieve that better by being a little relaxed which is yeah. it was maybe countering. I wouldn't have necessarily thought that would be the case and maybe they hadn't either but it, it's it's funny that they were able to play such a high intensity form of football um without a seemingly high intensity mindset um yeah. it, and maybe that's why they were able to sustain it for the for more of the game um because it wasn't taking such a, a a heavy i guess psychological toll on them that they were just sort of locked in and in the zone and it was all just about the physical effort from that point Yeah. yeah it
0: was and you, okay. you, you look at the way that, you know, you, you can combine those two sort of game styles, you know, like just because you, you know, throw a lot of pressure at the opposition when you're on the defensive side of the game, trying to win the ball back. Like, it doesn't mean you have to then play 100 miles per hour when you're going back the other way. And And if anything, if the other team is harried all the time and can't get time of possession. And then you are patient with the football. The clock is ebbing away. The scoreboard is escaping them as you, as you sort of control the footy patiently and efficiently and, and maximize your inside fifties. Then I think it really starts to play mind games with the Tigers. Like I think you started to see, mm. um, some really bad disposal mistakes from, from yeah. players in Richmond who you wouldn't normally see that from, um, I, yeah, I thought, that it really impact the way the Cats chose to play the game really impacted um, Richmond's uh, disposal efficiency, their decision-making in a
2: big way.
1: And yeah. the
0: Tigers look like the team
1: they are, because I they felt yeah. they've sort of played a good brand of football, but teams have made them look better than what they actually are. Mm-hmm. And it's like the Cats just took their gameplay away from them, and then they had real no answer to that they because they rely on so much on an attack and getting that ball inside 50 and scoring goals Mm. um as i said the defense doesn't seem as strong as the cats and it really did show that their defense was not that good when um they put under sustained pressure and the cats defense on the other hand they put on a fair bit of under a fair bit of pressure throughout the game but they just held up super strong like their structure was fantastic they didn't let Richmond's get easy, Mark's inside 50, every ball touch they got was under extreme pressure, and the Cats just seemed to walk all over them pretty much most of the game, and played a well-controlled, well-balanced game, and ah, it was fantastic to see it. it. It makes you excited again for the new season coming up, but... Hopefully, and the next few games, last two games, it really shows what
2: we're capable of, and teams better watch out. And we we talked Sorry. earlier in the in the season about you know how we had the the defending side of things pretty well locked down, and it was you know once once we were in the lead, and we had to set the tone that maybe we didn't have that figured out yet. And as as you were saying, Jake, it seems like they've figured that out. It just it must be quite difficult, I imagine, to pl- to play in such a way that. The instant the ball changes hands from your team to their team, or 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 vice versa, that the whole team is ready to shift mentality like that. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's it's yeah, it's I I didn't know that the the uh, the attacking um mentality, like the that our possession uh game plan would be would look so vastly different to our defending game plan. Mm -hmm. Uh, And as you say, I think it it played havoc with the tigers it was really effective um but it, it, yeah it was it was like a it was like a switch kind of thing um and i think you mentioned structure john that structure we've talked about off the ball for the last probably four or five weeks pretty yeah. heavily uh as i said there was a lot of ebb and flow so not everything worked all the time and that was one of the things that wasn't always there there was still some some disposals from the midfield for forward up or from the sort of half back to the edge of our 50 mm. that were a little bit you know hail mary just sort of kick it and pray um but for sort of by and large it felt like it felt like our disposals were a lot better but i think that our structure allowed it to be better i don't think our, our kicking and hitting targets was ever necessarily the problem um but our structure off the ball and it would have to be sorry my point about the structure really was that it would have to be good to allow yourself to Run like the devil when the enemy has... When the enemy... Oh, my goodness.
1: <laughs> the Lord, uh, uh,
2: Lord. The, the blood's it. pumping. <laughs> right. so run like the devil when the opposition, the res, well-respected and liked opposition, uh, the had enemy. the ball. It's the enemy. <laughs> yeah. well, just say so well-respected. <laughs> when the target has the ball. I don't have to like um, them. To, we to, just to, respect to, them. To, to run like the devil, but then be able to play calmly and efficiently as soon as you have the ball means that the, the structure must've been sort of ever changing. It must've been a, a lot of outside the peripheral of what the broadcast would show you. There has to have been a lot of stuff changing just constantly.
0: Well, some statistical stuff to sort of back up, um, what we're saying and also just to illustrate, um, how well Geelong caged Richmond in the game. So, uh, the cats, 215 disposals for the game that's up 25.7 on their season average 125 kicks which is up 22 kicks on their season average so 22 more kicks in this game and i thought that was telling handballs was about the same slightly above average tackles they laid 78 tackles which was almost a dozen more than their season average and that's in a game that you've won you know normally when you're winning so comfortably you know you you're maybe not having to lay as many tackles on the opposition because you're controlling it. Hit-outs, 23, which was up about six on their season average. And I'll come back to hit-outs because it's a specific talking point I want to throw to Sambo later. Um, and I've got another one for Jondo. Uh, free kicks, the Cats rewarded more um, in this game. 17 free kicks, which is up three on their season average. And their scores, they scored five goals, three on eight scoring shots, which is up 16.5% on goals to points ratio. Flip that over, the Tigers, 171 disposals, which was down by about 30 on their season average. Kicks, 95, which is down by about 20. Uh, Handballs down about nine. Tackles were up, so Richmond tackled about 20 extra times on top of what they normally do because they were chasing the game hitouts the tigers actually had 41 hitouts 23 uh, more than their season average free kicks just 10 7 less than their season average but this was the the, the big one scores one goal four from five scoring shots down 35.4% on their conversion rate oh, of great. goals to 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 scoring shots um I'll go to you first um on this one sambo um pressure rate versus tackles this is something we talked about Johnny and I and we talked about it a few times on previous pods but how the heads can sometimes drop for the cats when they're doing all this tackling and not getting early rewards i can't remember when exactly it happened but they did get an early holding the ball decision in that first quarter um i thought the second quarter becky webster stripping the ball from a richmond defender in front of goal and then slotting a major Really, kind of typified the fact that Geelong got reward for effort early, and, and were able to yep. continue playing hard with that in mind. How important was it makes, to get to get that early reward?
1: Makes me worried about the fantasy
2: for myself this week. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, <laughs> makes me glad I stole Becky Webster from Jake. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I like, think it is. I think it is hugely important, and like that's that's something that will come. You know you can't rely on that. You can't rely on getting early reward all the time because, as we've seen, you're you're not only putting faith in yourselves and your abilities and your skills, but you're putting your your faith in in umpires and conditions and luck and all kinds of stuff. So, at some point when experience starts to creep in and and you know that they've had a bit more game time under their belt as a as a unit, then I think this will not be such a such a big factor but at the moment for this player group and how hungry they are and how much they want to see um to see reward for all their effort i think it's huge i think it's massive i think it's the the difference between not only being closer or further away in in games but it's the, it's sometimes it seems to be the difference between winning and losing you know um we've seen players even olivia barber in her Uh, first game of the season got done for holding the ball, you know, within the first five minutes. And it took her a significant chunk of the game to really have an impact again. I think, and uh, as, as the whole group, we've seen Monty get down about it. Even Becky, Becky will get pretty uh, pretty pissed at herself when she, she makes early mistakes. So I think the fact that they got some early reward, of course, it's not, it's not a gift. It's not like, they were somehow handed this, you know, it's come from their work, but sometimes your work just doesn't get the reward. So this time their work did. uh, And I think it's a huge part. It's a huge, absolutely huge part of what dictated this outcome overall.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And Johnny, you talked about in the, in the pregame show, um, like we talked a lot about the fact that Richmond were one of the top teams for getting the ball inside 50 and scoring from it. Um, to reiterate those stats, it was Richmond were taking the ball inside 50, 25 times per game, and scoring on 42.5% of those entries. On the weekend, the Cats held the Tigers to just 20 inside 50s, and to scores on just 25% um, of those entries inside 50s. Obviously, they also kept them to a 20% conversion rate of goals to scoring shots, and, and what you talked about, and I want to know if you really, you know, what you thought about it on the day was the need for the Cats to stop the Tigers further up the ground. It wasn't just about repelling them from inside 50. It was about working higher up the ground to make sure the ball stayed at Geelong's end um, and in the midfield and away from the Tigers forward 50. How did you see their effort in that department?
1: Really good. Really determines that that's what they wanted to do as well. Um, as I said earlier, the defensive structure was set up really well. And then the midfield just, they just had no chance, Richmond, of getting that ball inside that 50 easily. And I thought Crock Grills, Monty, and even Amy McDonald, they had a clear goal that no matter what, they're, they're just going to stop Conti. Because as soon as she gets the ball, she's got a precise kick. She can hit really well, really far. And the only time I saw her get, good kicks off was when she either got a mark or got a free kick all the other times she was on the ground having to handball having to try and break tackles run away from cats just there's no easy movements for her she's always just under constant pressure so I thought they had a they obviously listened to us or (laughs) listened Mm. to the pod or just had the same idea you stop Conti basically can stop Richmond and I thought that I did that really well. And then everyone else in the midfield I thought just just played that game really well. They just knew what the thing was. They all didn't go for that ball straight away. They all hang back. They watched they waited and just set up that yeah that midfield structure as well was really well balanced and
0: yeah I couldn't be, I was couldn't have been happier with the way they played that game. Yeah, what did you sort of think about that sort of stuff? Sam, do you think it was like good effort up like up forward? Do you think that's part of the reason they were being patient with the ball movement to keep Richmond defending for longer?
2: Uh yeah, I think so. Um uh yeah, I I echo everything John sort of said. I think it was um it was a really good effort to to not just rely as we've talked about in the past that they don't just have to rely on on Megatron anymore they don't just have to rely on on Amy McDonald you know there there's a really good squad around them uh, and the sooner you can stop that attack uh the sooner you can attack you know the, the longer you can keep them, them up there the more chances you're going to get and I think it was just a it was a really good example of that of of not not flooding back not flooding forward and flooding back and flooding forward which we've seen a lot of that sort of ball chasing in the past this was a real definite sort of attempt, a successful attempt at keeping the ball where we wanted it. The majority of the time.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, question for both of you, um, speaking about the Rupp contests, I was surprised when I saw the massive difference in this, when it said Tigers 41, the cats 23, I was stunned by that. I thought it was much more 50 50. Now thinking back to me. I would love to see what the hit-outs to advantage were um, because to me, I thought yeah. the Cats got a lot of, of bonus sort of stuff out of Barber in particular. Um, that's not to say Darby didn't do a good job as well, but I thought Barber had a lot of her hit-out wins were to advantage. Now, to my understanding, just winning a hit-out means you get the first tap. It doesn't necessarily mean it went to the advantage of your teammate. I thought a lot of Barber's work in the ruck Um, was to Geelong's advantage. Now, what do you think? The Cats won the clearances 30 to 24. Um, Can you see this Barber slash Derby um, combo as a viable option long term or was this sort of just a one week slash end of season experiment? Um, You know, we're going to see a Fuller or a Rean Karras come in what do you think about Barber playing more time as a ruck than a forward?
1: Well, as I was saying to you in the pre-show, they obviously gone, There's, we're not really going to make finals this year. Let's play a round of it, see how it goes. And I thought it worked out hugely in our favour. It was enormous effort by Barber and Kate Darby. I thought they played excellent, excellent game of football. And I reckon it was... They were part of the reason why we were able to be so dominant in that game, was because of the hard work they, that both of them put in.
0: Yeah, absolutely. What about you, Sam? You're a you're a barber fan, a barber stan. Um, you know, For real aren't we? Yeah, I think Sam's got that particular vested interest because yes. she's on the fantasy team. Um, absolutely. I, I in some ways, I'll be honest. In some ways, I feel like um, Sam has sort of. Um, he's moved me off my barber turf. I've kind of perhaps, you know, set myself yeah. up on some other shop corners and Sam has moved in on that sort of that stoop. And his, Sam sort of it's, got prime real estate here on Barber Corner in the 2022
1: It, took the eye. it,
0: yeah,
1: it took was the because, eye off the prize. It was just because
2: I, I came up with the nickname, the whole Demon Barber thing. It's just, yeah, I feel like, I feel ownership now, just like John and, uh, and Monty. Yep. That's just the way it works. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I, um I don't
0: uh, like
1: have uh, Monty and... in my squad anymore. <laughs> I <didn't> am
0: <laughs> sorry. sorry, forgive me, Monty. <laughs> I moved on to the Annabelle Johnson corner. I feel, like, yes. I feel, I feel to... like Annabelle Johnson's become my my sort of player that I really like. Yeah, I, I look yes. forward to watching. Whereas I, I feel like Barber has really has really sort of become a player that's it's that's your kind of player. Do you think definitely?
2: And I, I, but but to so be fair, cool. I think you you were the one that. That was like was sold us on Barber for many weeks uh, yes. last last season. You were the one who um, brought her to our attention. Pat's um, <laughs> uh, on so, the back all around, lads. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah like we're all just yeah, yeah, yeah. fucking legends, really. we <laughs> uh, so fucking legends. that's great. <laughs> um, Yeah, look, I we're doing this fifty two weeks a year, so that's
0: awesome right. It's <laughs> I'm
2: I'm happy. I'm happy to to get to the t- the topic at hand. I'm happy yeah. to see Barbara in the squad. I think. Barbara is, um, is another a dead set legend within this ring of dead set legends <laughs> here. That's right. Um, and all I think is she needs the opportunity, uh, you know, enough opportunity to to prove that, to find her feet, and really, um, yeah, really, really show her potential, and she she will be a, an irreplaceable part of that that squad at some point, is what I believe. I would have liked to see her give them more of a chance up forward. I mm-hmm. think, and I do not know the girl from <laughs> yeah. from, from the next person. I've never spoken to her in my life. Uh, I get the feeling that forward is where her heart is as well. Um, I would hate to see a situation where to get in the squad, she's, she's playing wherever she can. And there's maybe, you know, I don't want a, a, a Clark situation, right? where she's because i think i think she's playing really well she's demonstrating all her um her talents not not to the fullest yet mm. but but pretty well now what i i think is i think darby will not not be long for the ruck. i think it's probably more likely she will retain a more dominant forward forward position i would think the aim would would be and this is purely speculation The aim would be Karis or Fuller to come in as a much more regular, um, dominant ruck player, and Barber will be a bit more of a of a of a fill-in. Will play up forward and and um, and and drift into the into the ruck, kind of more like what Derby was doing on the weekend. (laughs) You reckon she could be like um Tom Hawkins, where she
1: she eventually will play in that forward line a lot, but when. Mm it is a throw in or a bounce up in the forward 50. She'll take that rock.
2: Yeah. As, I think that's, and... that's, that's what I think. I think that, that makes sense. I think she's yeah. the, the, the thing is, I guess the things that make her a good forward, in my opinion, like her hunger, her vision mm. and her sort of willingness to just get in the way of the ball, as we saw when she nearly concussed herself, taking yeah. a mark. Well, um, geez, that was those... tough to watch, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, It was a hell of an effort though. Um, yeah. And those things can make you a really good forward. And they're also lending themselves to making her, her a very handy ruck at the moment. So I, I think she's there because she's um, providing a really good outlet in the ruck at the moment. But I don't imagine that that's the end game. Maybe, maybe it is, um, but I think it would be a, a little bit of a waste of some of her other potential.
0: I mean, you look at her stat line. She had 14 disposals, which I think was fourth most for the Cats. She had four marks, which was second most behind McMahon. She had eight hit outs, second most for the Cats behind Darby, who had 10, and a couple of tackles as well. So she, for a second game back, and I thought that was something that was really telling. Last game out, looked maybe a couple of steps off the pace of the game. None of that issue this week. She's in much more back into the pace of AFLW, Seemed like she, you know, shook shook off some rust in VFLW in one week, shook off some more in the first week she played AFLW, and now it's sort of back to okay, I'm back at the pace of the game. I'm trusting that, you know, that that the injury has healed. I'm I'm feeling good about my footy again, and and I think that mark where she did, like you say, almost concuss herself, that's typical stuff that we loved about Barba last year. Like that was that fingertip, you know, leaping mark. Uh, On the boundary it was it was really special stuff Um, Becky Webster's big day out. I think we've got to talk about this at one point in the afternoon It looked like Becky was going to smash the previous chaps chat cats Fantasy record for most points in a single game. She didn't quite get there, uh, but she did have a season best while she slowed down in the final quarter probably her best game in the hoops I would say 20 disposals, two marks, six tackles, and a goal. Uh, and that moment, as we talked about earlier, tearing the ball away from an opponent to slot a major just signified to me the change in her game. And like the yeah. evolution she's made in one offseason, 25 tackles total last year. She's already got 53 in eight games this year. I've come up with a nickname, Becky Webster, the Beast of the Northeast. What do we think? Oh,
1: nice. Fantastic. Yeah, I love what, it. What did I you think
0: o- about her performance? I thought there was just a different, like she's been hungry all season. This was like another level on top of it. It was like I will not be denied, and I thought that that goal she kicked was 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 sort of typified that.
1: Um, yeah, I thought it was a game where the coach has gone, all your girls can't play your absolute best, your hard out. How and she was how good's footy how's good how good is footy let's go out not put up what we put up last week because that wasn't the best performance we know what we can do let's go do that and i thought she took it to heart and whatever the coach whatever they did during the week she was focused it felt like she was focused from the start to the finish i just played an absolute ripping game and About halfway through the game, I was like, oh, geez, I'm going to be third in the fantasy this week because Becky Webster was tearing it apart, along with Barber, Morrison, McDonald, all of them were just... And Mick Williams, like, talk about um, your core group of players Mm. playing a game that um, you want to see them play, and that was, yeah, it was fantastic to see her play such a good game and get reward to effort. That she's putting in, and a really good boost of confidence for her. I feel like the next couple of games, she's just going to keep playing the way she's playing now and just dominate. Uh,
0: yeah, I'd, I'd heard some rumours about what that, that during the week they went on a, a spirit quest um, during the week after that that loss, after the three losses in a row, after sort of being there yeah. around there and about of finals, then three <laughs> losses in a row. Um, the inside word uh, was that Dan Lowther said. It's time for a spirit quest. It's time for a vision quest, and so um, they all went hiking up um into the Dandenong rangers, um, located a dragon nest. They slew a dragon, um, and all took it in turns to, to yep. drink yeah, drink the blood of the dragon, and that's why we've got the performance that we had today. Obviously, I think that's pretty and uh, be a part of the dragon art. The proof is in the dragon pudding. Um, as we can all Absolutely. see, Sam. Anybody, any any <laughs> other standouts for you? Um, and whatever the dragon version of Peter is, don't come at me. There was no dragons actually slain. Um, (laughs) Sam, any other standouts for you from the weekend? Or just players you want to, you know, throw some chaps, chat cats love to. Maybe they're not in the votes, but maybe they're just a player that you're like, I really liked this one thing. Both of me. Uh, Both of you. Friswell, who
2: wasn't, given a fucking run <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> um i thought i thought uh crockett grills did really well i thought um i feel like it was last week we said was her best game mm. since the start of the year i think she probably topped that again um yeah i, yeah, I just felt like she was she was playing a really good crockett grills game mm. you know yeah. what i mean like i feel like you've, you've, we've really got to start looking at in the in this kind of way when we're talking about the kind of game you're playing it's got to be the i think i was talking about it first with morrison a few weeks ago like what is the perfect morrison game because they're not all alike you know what i mean and i feel like um jcg's game was was a really solid jcg performance yeah um her heart was in it she seemed to know where you know know where she was at all times and what she was doing um, you know, what her role was. She was moved around a little bit. She was moved up forward again and and did some pretty pretty good running um, and, and laid some ripper tackles. So, you know, she's been one of my favorites since we since the first game we went and saw live. So it was really good to see her finding her feet again this season. Absolutely.
0: What about you, John? No, who's a player that sort of stood out maybe that's not going to make your votes but did some things you like? Anyone off, oh, the do I, I pick? I've, I've off the top I've got one off the top of my lot. head if you like, if you want to have you know, f- Yeah.
1: I'm going to say um, Meg McDonald. We haven't talked a lot about Meg McDonald. Sorry. And I thought that's <laughs> a really good sign. Fantastic. Um, a really good sign that she's not having to do everything. But I thought the way that defensive unit worked, I thought that was Megatron all over just in control. Telling the troops where to be, how to where to play, what to do, and just be the the, the leader that the cats mm. need. And I thought that it was a really good game by her for her standards. And mm. yeah, we, yeah, so we haven't talked about it a lot, and that's a good thing because that's what we wanted. We wanted her to be able to stand back a bit more and lead, not from the front as mm. one of the best players on the ground each week, but just from the the back line and. Be the captain that is needed.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And when, when you've got players like Matty McMahon, who had 15 disposals, six marks and a tackle um, playing, the the, the the player I wanted to shout out, or uh, well, one of them, was Laura Gardner, um, who I said by stonks on before the start of the year. I maybe was in too early, but I'd prefer to be in early on a stonk than late. So I still think yeah. if you were one of the the, the the good people out there who went out and got some Laura Gardner stonks, hold on to those stonks because um, just her third game of the season, 18 disposals, which was third best on the team, two marks, four tackles. I still think there's something really special about Laura Gardner. It's just about finding that consistency early in the season. Back-to-back years now, yeah. it's been like in the side early, hasn't necessarily performed, then back in late, and has found, found her feet. So whatever that is, don't know why or, or what, whether it's just happenstance, but I still think Laura Gardner stonks are a good stonk to be on. Um, so shout out to her. You guys got anyone else you want to throw out before we move into the, the MVP votes, any other thoughts on the game from the notebook?
2: Just fantastic game all around. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm actually, uh, I, I feel like I mentioned her every week and it's another, it's another one that, that you were, um, uh sort of um <laughs> spruiking mm. last uh early this year or last year jake um and, and that's featherston i still think featherston's just just a really really solid player that just like just doesn't really fuck up um you know i think i think she'll she'll become more of a, a household name than she is now i don't think she gets a lot of recognition which is why i like to keep bringing her up yeah. um but it's because there's not a lot to talk about often because she doesn't, she maybe isn't doing anything spectacular yet, but she's not making stuff up. You know what I mean? She's, she's just doing everything game in game out um, that's expected of her. And, and that's one of my favorite kind of players. So um, yeah, as always, I thought was just really, really did um, really, you know, pr- represented herself well.
0: Well, it's funny Featherston uh, the second lowest disposals on the Cats um, team for the game, but she had um, equal third marks. She took three marks for the game, um, which, as I said, was yes. equal for third behind McMahon and Barber. So, I I think too that you know we maybe even haven't necessarily found her final resting home resting place in terms of on the field.
2: I don't. You mean, know. I don't think so no like i
0: don't think we've found that position i I, i'm not convinced she's going to be in defense i wouldn't be surprised at all like i know in her uh, i think it's geelong falcons career she pinch hit in the ruck she played up forward she played some time in midfield she played down back from what i understand she's sort of an everywhere kind of player and i just kind of look at her run and dash and ability to operate in small spaces and that raking kick that she has, mm. um, I could see her make a transition to a, a position, maybe higher up the ground. Um,
2: and they're, and they're really good marks too. Yeah. Like they're, they're never just sort of like easy marks. They're, they're often really important intercept mark. Absolutely. I, I feel like
1: she could play well at uh, half forward mm. slash midfield. I thought that'd be a good spot for her as well.
0: So. Let's have a look at. Yeah, I can sort of imagine. Sorry, outside kind of midfielder, someone who can get a hand off and and break a line and, and deliver a nice kick into the forward fifty. That's sort of what I can imagine happening. Let's get into the MVP votes, chaps. Uh it's time. Let's do it. Three twos and ones. Um, Sambo. Johnny, who wants to lead us off? You got a preference? Got a preference?
2: Uh, I think I. I think I led last week. If
1: you All want right, to go, go first John. this time, John. I'll go. I'll go. Right. All right. One vote. I'm giving to the Demon Barber of Fleet Street. Terrific game by Barber and as I said, definitely helped win that game nicely. Mm-hmm. Uh, two votes I'm giving to Eamonson in Defence. I thought she's played extremely well the last few weeks, kept us in games and um, taken crucial marks throughout games throughout the season and I thought this weekend, again, just plays her role to a T, executes everything really well. And looks like she's having a great time at the Catery, as anyone That's would be at that culture. That's right, culture. and It's the culture. It's the culture. And my three votes are going again this week to Becky Webster. Nice. What else do we need to say about her again that we oh, haven't already said? Absolutely. I Speaks feel like Becky's...
2: Becky's Becky's in with a pretty good chance to get the, the three <laughs> this week. Well, um, that would be a remarkable my, my... achievement
0: to get three all three be. votes from all three of us twice in a row because that's what she did last week. Went three three three. Yeah,
2: all that'd right, would be, be a dominant dominant turnout. My one is also going to Barber. Um, nice. Yeah, I, as talking about specific player games, I don't think that's anywhere that that looks much like the perfect Barber game that we will see in years to come. Um, But fulfilling the role that she was tasked with, I think she did fantastically. Uh, My two votes go to uh, Maddie McMahon, uh, who's a player that's always really solid, always doing the work. And I don't give enough votes to, could probably always pinch a couple here and there. And I don't think I've ever given her some. Um, And my three votes to Becky Webster. All right. Uh, sorry, someone who I should have mentioned before, just really quickly. Yeah. Man, Georgie Rankin had a fucking massive hoof. Did you oh, see that? Absolutely. <laughs> I didn't know she I- could I- kick it that big. There was this one particular kick. Um <laughs> uh, Yeah, I was I was really impressed with her kick. I, I'm you know, I'm a fan of Rankin. Um I thought she played really well, but yeah, there was a there was one kick in particular that I didn't know was in her repertoire.
0: I thought it was one but of no Rankin's better games. Nine touches, five tackles, two marks. Um and, and again, like how good to have those experienced players like mcdonald and rankin where they don't have to put up massive statistical production exactly. yeah. like the, yeah. there's help the, the the reinforcements have arrived um all right things just got interesting i'm going one vote to phoebe mcwilliams um nice. williams 11 touches uh three marks four tackles five hitouts, and two goals one uh i thought you can't ask McWilliams to play a much better game than that. My two votes went to the obvious choice, Amy McDonald, because Amy McDonald, Ooh, she had 26.
2: I knew someone would.
0: 26 touches, seven tackles and a mark. Um, just she a, still hasn't
1: missed, missed a week in the votes, has she? Nope. Nope.
0: Ah, Amy McDonald's still doing Amy McDonald things, but my three votes, it has to be the beast of the Northeast, Becky Webster, who I think played her best oh. game. Um, not only of the season, but her best game in the hoops. I think she was transformative and chaps after saying that this was a one horse race. And then, you know, it was a fight the second. Oh boy. Becky Webster has jumped up. She's only now four votes behind Amy
2: McDonald. <laughs> 18, 18 votes in two weeks will do that <laughs> that's that's <a> right.
0: <laughs> there's two games left so we've got amy mcdonald on 30 we've got becky webster on 26 georgie prosparkas on 14 chloe Shear on 12 darcy maloney on 11 so that's your top five mcdonald webster prosparkas sheer and maloney uh, so fantastic and first votes of the season to Barber and Eamonson can't believe that's the first time we've given Eamonson votes for the season, but I know. it's been a tough it's... one out, out of all the votes, you know, 56 of our votes have gone the way of McDonald and Webster this season. So that, that <laughs> makes it tough. Um, it makes it tough. All right. So we've got two things to, to, to touch on, um, and a tiny little bit of news before we hit the road. First up, chaps fantasy. Chap's fantasy, boys. Um I was texting Sambo you... and and this was as I said, Becky Webster at half time had 30... I feel like you've said
1: this every week.
0: But Becky Webster had it's
1: a close one. 30... A fake 30... out. It's a fake uh, uh, it is a fake.
0: I'm, out. no, I'm not even gonna say it was close this week. I'm not even gonna say it was close. Um, Becky Webster had thirty three points to half time. And the record this season was 48. She didn't break the record, but she did set her highest score of the season with 42 points on the day. Oh, shit. Insane. Yeah, I'm
1: definitely finishing third.
0: Here we go. So in third place, Johnny, you are right. You've pegged it. Johnny, Johnny, but still, again, 95 points in a third place finish. So still nearly at the triple figures. You had Georgie Prasparkas, 24. Georgie Rankin 23, Chloe Shear with 21, Eamonson 18. It was a quiet week for Kerrick, who only came through with the nine points for you. Didn't have a point to half time, but found her feet in the second half.
1: Second so it was
0: a of a quiet one, her? Yeah. Yeah. Entering the last <laughs> quarter, there was four points cool. between Sam and myself.
2: I'd like Jake's winners. Yeah, Becky dropped off in the but last. Look line. at his face. Look at that smile. <laughs> that was that was
0: the difference. <laughs> Becky Webster had a quiet last quarter. Sambo in second place with a 128, 128, 128, 128 Oh my points. god. Jesus. Becky Thank Webster you. top scored with forty-two, Barber with thirty, Darby with twenty-five, Maloney twenty-three. Oh. An eight point oh. day for Meg McDonald. So like points galore, um, there for Sambo. But I ended the w- day on 151 and a half points.
2: Jesus. Um, that's, Amy, that's not, not the highest yet. Right. We had 160 for wow. you at some yeah. point. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So Amy McDonald with 40, Phoebe McWilliams with 39 and a half. Maddie McMahon, twenty nine; Nina Morrison, twenty two; and Rachel kearns with twenty one. So, after not uh, eight weeks, we've got myself out on front on a thousand and twenty seven and a half points. (laughs) Jesus, bro! Johnny in second with seven hundred and eighty one and a half. Sambo makes up ground on Johnny, improves thirty three points on Johnny. There's now a what? 46 and a half point gap between Sambo and Johnny as we go into the last two weeks of the season I'll quickly give you an update on the top five players because I list all five every like I go and update every player in the squad so still got Amy McDonald and Becky Webster out in front Um, McDonald with 307 points Webster with 280 McDonald averaging 38.4 per game Becky Webster averaging 35. Then you've got Nina Morrison averaging 27.2. You've got Prasparkas averaging 25.5. Maloney's average went up. She's up to 24.8 per game. Nice. Um, another mover. Now, this one maybe isn't is a during-the-week storyline developing before the pre-game show. Laura Gardner currently sits in the top 10 for average points per game. She's only played three games, but she's averaging 21 points a match. She is as yet unclaimed by a team, currently floating out there as a free agent. Um, Johnny currently has number one waiver priority. So I do. that's something to think about as we go into the week whether John might make a move, um, whether he wants to amend his squad at all. Leave that up to Johnny. So that, that's the fantasy. If you've got any. Thoughts, chaps, throw them out. If not, we'll move on to Johnny's tips. I'm
1: all good. I'm happy with this fantasy, sort of. I was hoping Sam would win.
0: <laughs>
1: it's about toffling the giant at this point. It is.
0: Yeah, now 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 it's a matter of ego. I kind of want to go ten in a row. That's all, awesome. <laughs> that's, that's the narrative. I didn't want it. Tell it's us, one of those Tell things. us how you really, oh, sure,
1: sure. sure. you I'm, say that? No, I'm please. being
0: honest. I'm being honest. I, I it's something that's transitioned over the season. It's now that the, the, the accomplishment is so close. Now I want it. I didn't want it. I didn't want it. I was after, you know, I, you know, one an up and downs and now my ego is playing into it, which is probably when I'm going to fall and be toppled. Cause now I want to do oh, the Arsene Wenger, we'll you know, 10, the undefeated season. So that's the storyline to follow, is is can is. someone piss in my beer before the end of the season? Um, jo- Johnny, Johnny, do your tips. All
1: right, tips. Um, not much has changed in the tips.
0: I forgot to um, tip. I didn't do any of them. Not a one. Not a not single a one.
2: one. Well, no. you probably had a really good week.
0: I probably did better than you. On the, on
1: the
2: average, you were SPAC bang.
1: Up top with the average tips of the week. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Everyone got basically the same. Um, So, first spot, Beers with Ben Steele holds a nice lead. He got four tips correct. He's on 45. Then we've got a three way tie. Three way. Second. Three way. Ender, Jack, David, all on 39. They got five for Ender. Jack got five david got 4 2 three-way time aroused. third between foxy and loz both of them got four tips correct and are sitting on 37. three points behind them two is sam and myself sam got three tips correct and i got four we're both on 34. Jake, you got four tips correct this week. Hey! You're spot! <laughs> yeah. You are on 30 points. And Jack Johnson had a good week. He got four.
0: He only gets three or two. <laughs> he's, a,
1: he's sitting on 27 in six spots. So beers have been just cruising at the top yeah. there.
0: It's time to come up with a prize. I think we're going to have to think about it. We have to, it I, I mean, we need to define these things earlier, uh, but... It, we do like last year we're going to do an afl men's thing and we ended up having i mean we shelled out a bit of a, a bit of cash it wasn't anything extravagant but cash. it was
2: it was no you know,
0: it wasn't a it, it was something it wasn't a pineapple but it was you know it was more than one of the orange ones too um so <laughs> 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 nothing to be sniffed at is what i'm saying i mean what do you want is it's, it's yeah. a free competition <laughs> You sign up for free. What do you want, want for dinner? nothing? What do you yeah, want for something? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: Nothing
0: to sniff at <laughs> yeah, unless it was right. cocaine, but it wasn't no, cocaine. Right. It was definitely it not cocaine. cocaine. Definitely not. <laughs> the chats chat cats, not the chat chat coke. Um, any final thoughts, um, before we wrap it up? You got anything else to add, no. anything else to pull out and slap down? Oh, I've got something. We've got a quickly, oh. just an update. The oh. Vf, the VFLW team, um, Continued its dominant start to the season, a thumping 52-1 to victory over Port Melbourne. The usual suspects, Paige Shepard, 26 touches, 9 tackles, 7 clearances. Chloe Leonard, 22 disposals, 7 clearances, 5 tackles. And Tamara Smith, the Smith machine, um, 20 disposals, 7 tackles, 4 clearances, all-powered Geelong's win. Uh, AFLW-listed player and Chaps Chat Cats alumni, Claudia Gunjaka, was also in form. 17 touches, five marks, and a goal ski. But it was former Super Netball player, Melissa Bragg, who had the bragging rights, (laughs) Uh, who kicked four goals for the game, capitalizing up forward. One goal in each quarter for Melissa Bragg. After three straight wins from three games to start the year, the Cats will now host the Southern Saints on Saturday, 5th of March, down at Deakin in Geelong. Cats sitting in second place on percentage while the Saints are one win back locked in a three-way tie for third. That's it. That's your VFLW wrap-up. Right. Cats, and there. Go Cats. Go the
2: Cats. Dominating. Dominating everywhere.
0: Every level. Every grade. Just wins. Wins everywhere.
2: Wins wins i would like to now as as pre-season win that doesn't count as the as the outro plays i think it's time for a very serious order of business a bit of an intervention here uh i did hear john during the podcast a very disturbing sound for a uh cat themed podcast Mm -hmm. which was the sound of a dog now that'll be my dog yes look if if we're gonna have an animal Making noise mid podcast. I really think you should make it a cat, if it was, if it was possible. <laughs> that's right. Uh, I think it's just hey, branding. Branding is everything in this day and age. Uh, I, I apologise. Really
1: confused. How
2: many times did you hear said dog? Uh look, I wasn't counting, but it was exactly seven times. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, maybe it's an omen. Look, look. How many points
1: cats will beat the bulldogs by? is seven barks which is seven points
2: if the if the bulldogs beat the cats by seven points i i will be furious all right uh, but look what do you I need? i will to take fury? it on the chip i'm not complaining i i won't complain about the noise at all but we just need you to offset the juju so next time yeah the dog barks you just need to like squeeze one of your cats so it'll (laughs) make an audible noise i'll try and hold on to my cat the whole time (laughs) yeah yeah don't i mean don't don't deal damage to it just enough i mean you're you know you're its owner you know it intimately i'm sure you know what it can take
0: go cats go cats